a lot of false teachers. And uh, in the, for example, when we come to the end of the second epistle, we'll, he'll, he'll name names. How many of you already, I know one person knows what I'm talking about already. How many times I've said someone, I've just told the truth about somebody who's a false teacher. Like recently I brought up Andy Stanley. You shouldn't be naming names. Well, excuse me for trying to act like the Apostle Paul. He named names. And you know what? Uh, that It's all about the fictitious Jesus. They just make up a Jesus in their own mind, and they have a Christianity made up in their mind. And here's what a real Christian would be. I had one yesterday. Uh, I was commenting on, uh, you know, we had an accidental shooting. A, a child uh, killed recently here in Columbus. And uh, I said, I quoted the CDC, posted a link to the CDC website, and said, if you cry about or complain about or want to push laws about guns because of children, but you're not saying anything about the fact that cars are the number one killer of teenagers, then it's not about the kids. If you really love kids, you're going to go after the number one killer. And you're going to go after uh, other things like drugs and not just gun control. The reason why they go after gun control, they use the kids, but it's not about the kids. It's about gun control. And they'll always make a fictitious Jesus and a fictitious version of Christianity. Some guy said, I'm just laughing thinking about what Jesus would think of you. Because I said that. And I said, well, go read Matthew 23 because I don't think you know Jesus or what he would think of me. Amen. And he didn't come back, did he? No. So again, verse 2 then says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Have you ever been uh, in a place that was broken into at night? No. We were in the no. I'm talking about you being in a building. And at one time, one place where I lived, somebody was trying to get in the place. And as soon as I just yelled, I have a gun! That's all I had to say. And uh, that's as close as I've come. But um, I'll tell you, one. there was one time when I was a kid. I was probably 14 or so. My sister was a couple years older, and she was working down in, uh, at a pizza shop. She drove home, and some guy had followed her home. And uh, I won't get into details. If she ever heard me uh, talk about that, she'd pray. She'll slap me. I'm afraid of my sister. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything get me myself in trouble. But I remember the hubbub and... Uh, uh, my mom yelling at the guy and I grabbed a ball bat and I went running after him and he drove off and I threw the ball bat and hit his car but it didn't I wanted to hit his windshield anyway uh, uh, I didn't get the license tag number or anything and I don't think he was ever prosecuted but that's the kind of thing at night you know something like that happening how many of you have ever been asleep at night and thought you heard something you know you're like oh. and then here comes Cammy. <laughs> you're like oh it's the puppy. You know, having somebody like somebody said we had our car broken into in the 
Mm-hmm. And you wake up and you know you've been robbed. Yeah. Uh, with with the out. added thing of what this is portraying is you being woken up to this. Mm. That you wake up to a thief in the night. In the night. And that's the way the Lord, day of the Lord is going to come upon those who are not aware and watching. And it's not supposed to be that way for us. That's the bottom line of what he's saying there. So first, I want to settle that question of imminency. Because it's pictured as you're just sleeping or you're watching TV or whatever, and all of a sudden, there's a thief breaking into your home. Suddenly. Imminent. That's the idea here. Scripture repeatedly tells us that the coming of the Lord for His people could happen at any moment. Again, that's the preacher of rapture is the only view that says this. The Bible teaches this. All other views contradict this. Throw all the other views out the window. Amen. Scripture with Scripture. Go over to Matthew 24. And there'll be, there are teachers who will tell you that Matthew 24 isn't about the rapture or the church. And it's true when it's not about the rapture or the church. It's not about the rapture or the church. But there are portions that are for the church and are about the rapture. And this is one. Matthew 24, beginning in verse... I want to begin in verse uh, 32. Because in verse 30, up to verse 31, he's talking about the Great Tribulation. But then in verse 32, he stops and he says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. So how many of you can't notice there that there's a change in his... Yes. His whole conversation up to this point has been about the tribulation. But at verse 31 or 32, he says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. What's the fig tree representing? I believe it's representing Israel. So in 1948, when Israel became a nation, we were put on alert. Then verse 33 says, so likewise. So here again, now he's changing again. It's not the same uh, point being made. And people will squash all that together like it's the same point through it all. And it's not. The context has changed. So then in verse 33 says, so likewise ye, when ye, when ye shall see all these things. What things? The things that he says is going to happen during the tribulation. As you see everything start, are we seeing it? Yeah. We're not in the tribulation, but we see the world government. We see the one world religion. We see the cashless society, the digital currency. We see that people are already getting chips and they're, you're using your credit card or your whatever card just like you will the mark of the beast. It's all, the infrastructure is all there. We see, you know, I could go on and on. So likewise, when you shall see all these things, you just said, we are, right? Then it says, know that it is near. That's you. Know that it is near, even at the doors. Verse 34, Verily I say unto you, this generation, what generation? Not the generation of 1948, which a lot of people taught, there was actually one guy who said a generation is 40 years, so count 40 years from 1948. Here's a book, and I'll list 88 reasons why Jesus will return in 1988. And he made a lot of money, and he was wrong. 
This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. What generation? The generation that sees these things taking place. We see them on the horizon. But the generation that sees all these things actually take place, that's the generation that's here for the rapture and left behind. The generation that is here for the rapture and left behind will not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Verse 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Now look again, verse 36. But on that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So don't ever buy a book that tells you the date of the rapture. If you do, you're a sucker. Jesus says right there, no one knows. Only the Father in heaven knows. Now Jesus, this gets into the Trinity, uh, He emptied Himself and He doesn't have that knowledge when He's on earth. He has it now. But verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What were the days of Noah like? Today. Yeah. The earth was filled with violence. The earth was filled with violence. That's how it's described. So then verse 38, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, including sodomite marriage, and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. What did we discuss last week? How that Noah, like Enoch, Noah pictures the rapture. Noah was taken out of the world, put in an ark of safety before the wrath of God was poured out. Before the flood. And so then, verse 39, And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. That's the unsaved world that will be taken away by the flood of judgments of God, the seven seals, vials, and trumpets, the mark of the beast, and so forth. So shall also this coming of the Son of Man be. And then we have the rapture. Again, he's now stopped. He's given you the whole big picture. Now he's coming back and said, Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken, the other left. We sang this in the song. I wish we'd all been ready. Verse 41, two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. That doesn't mean that it will be a 50% rapture. No. It just means that there will be two people over here and one of them will go. And there will be two people over here and one will go. But it's not giving you a ratio. And so then verse 40, 42 says what? Read that with me. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Now, if, uh, this, if this was a uh, rapture that takes place after the time of the Antichrist, we would know. If you're talking about the second coming, we know it's seven years after the confirmation of the covenant. There's no way of knowing the date of the rapture. It has nothing to do, by the way, we've repeated this often, nothing to do with the Feast of Israel. Because I just said they're the Feast of doesn't have anything to do with the church and the rapture. So again, if someone says they figured out the rapture, it's going to be at the Feast of Harvest or the Feast of Trumpets or the Feast of Tabernacles because of this or this. Or this. Don't buy the book. It's, it's nonsense. Our, the rapture has nothing to do with the Feast of Israel. The rapture cannot be known. The date of the rapture isn't known by anybody. In verse 43 to 44, read that. 
But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Now, I can't speak for everybody, but I know if, if the rapture isn't pre-trib and we end up in the tribulation period and I'm not taking the mark and I know the date that the confirmation of the covenant takes place, I know when Jesus is coming. Mm -hmm. yep. I guess I'll sell a book. <laughs> <laughs> but about the rapture, in an hour you think not the Son of Man cometh. So who is the audience that Jesus is speaking to here in Matthew 24? Church. It's the church. Now, uh, the church hasn't been established yet. But he's talking to the people who become the church and he's giving them church instructions. Mm -hmm. The same people we see here in Matthew 24 are the people we see here in John 20. Turn over to John 20. John 20, 19 to 22. Now, how many of you have been taught that the church began at the day of Pentecost? That's not true. How, let me ask you this, when were you, not the local church, when were you made a member of the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, universal church of body, whatever you want to call it, when did that happen for you? I mean, not the date, but when you were saved. Okay, and what happened that actually put you in that category was you received the Holy Spirit. The moment you are saved, you receive the Holy Spirit and are immersed into the body of Christ, baptized into the body of Christ. That's what we see here in John 20. Before Pentecost, verse 19 through 22, then the same day at evening being the first day of the week, a Sunday, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And of course, this was similar to what we studied Sunday, Luke 24. Verse 20 says, when he had, uh, And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Did he ever say that to anybody other than Christians? What's Mark 16, 15 say, Jenny? And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And who is he talking to there? The church. Look what it, Now read verse 22 with me. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. When were you saved? When you received the Holy Ghost. When were you placed into the body of Christ? When you received the Holy Ghost. What just happened here before Pentecost? They received the Holy Ghost. See how that works? And so you have the apostles... And the other disciples, not just the twelve, in Matthew 24, are the same people you just read this about. It's the church. That's who he's speaking to. 
We already talked about the context, so we know he was speaking about the rapture. And that was that, that baptism into the church is in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Read that real loud. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. And we're also told that you have the Holy Spirit, but if you don't, then you're not one of His. Yeah. So the same people who lived the book of Acts. Remember that when we're going through the book of Acts here in a couple of weeks we start. It's about a, it, these people lived that. <laughs> and the same people who lived the book of Acts were the people here in John 20 and the people in Matthew 24. I'm showing you the continuum so you know the connection. Acts 2.42 and they continued steadfastly in the what? Apostles doctrine. Apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The audience of Matthew 24 is described in 1 Timothy 3.15. That's who he's talking about. The church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. The church of the living God. Who did God build the church upon when it comes to it was upon Jesus Christ and then the apostles. That's what that's saying. The church of the living God, the pillar and ground. What's, a gra what's underneath your feet? Ground. What's underneath that? The foundation. So there's Jesus Christ is the foundation stone and the foundational writings and foundational doctrine, the apostles' doctrine. And that's who he was talking to in Matthew 24. We are standing upon that foundation. Ephesians 2.20, talking about us. And are built upon the foundation of the who? Apostles. And prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Jesus is speaking to the churches when he said this in Revelation 3.3. If therefore thou shalt not watch... I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. He's talking to the churches when he says that. So we are to accept, uh, expect Jesus at any moment. Look again at verse 2 there in our text. 1 Thessalonians 2. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 is what I said. Verse 2. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. The day of the Lord. Now I'm not going to go through all this. We don't have time to anyway. But uh, it begins the moment after the rapture. We uh, have talked about this before. But I just want to give you. Everyone look up here. Those of you who are still awake. Now look up here. The moment after the rapture will be the darkest day on earth since the fall. That's why in Amos we studied Amos 5.18, Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. These Christians who talk about going through the tribulation period, they're nuts. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light, and it begins the moment after the rapture. 
That'll be the darkest moment in human history since the fall. I hope it happens right now. None of you are left behind to be looking around and checking under the pew. (laughs) The day of the Lord, the moment after the rapture, to the end of the great white throne judgment is the day of the Lord. For an in-depth explanation of the day of the Lord, we went into that in our study in Joel. Studies number 5 and 6, Joel chapter 1 verse 15. So go back and read that if you need a refresher course on that. And again, looking at verse 2, So cometh as a thief in the night. We talked about that already, but suddenly and without warning... Many Christians hear the words thief in the night and think of these movies. And I wish Dan was here because I know that's what Dan would be thinking of. How many of you remember those movies? We watched all four of them. Yeah, over at the old building. Yeah, they're good movies. I mean, you know, they're, they're like early 70s. So keep that in mind as you're watching them. The special effects and everything are a little outdated, but... It's still really good. And I have to tell you, uh, there's a, uh, what some of you might remember, the cover of the first one there, but this is my favorite, the mustache. How many of you remember that? Yeah. It's a little distracting, but it was cool. <laughs> so the point is to urge Christians to watch. Amen? Uh, Luke twelve thirty nine, And this know that if the good men of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. How, what are people going to feel? These people who uh, are fake Christians, going through the motions, just attending church, not preaching the gospel because they're not really saved, and then maybe even haven't led their children to know the truth. What is that going to be like? That's going to be like a man feels, I don't care what you say, a man who has his home broken into feels violated in a very special way. Like any, I've talked to a few over the years, I've watched interviews with men who've gone through that and they always feel like they failed their families. How much more so if you fail your family. Now listen, if they make a choice and they're still here for the tribulation, that's on them. But if you haven't taken precautions and tried to protect your family by preaching the gospel and having them ready for the rapture, then it's going to be especially bad. Doug? Built their house on sand. Yeah. Yeah. So quickly, let's uh, look at these last three verses. We're going to come back next week. But it says, For when they shall say, Peace and safety... Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Um, You men, don't try to even pretend you understand that, but talk to a woman who's given birth uh, without, uh, especially if they didn't get an epidural, (laughs) and ask them what that's talking about. They're going to be saying peace and safety, and then boom, immediate. What do you think is going to happen at the rapture? I mean, right now, that's, the world is crying peace and safety. The whole reason they're flying their Ukraine flags everywhere is that they believe that we can come together as a world and defeat Russia and we'll have a world peace and all that. And the moment after the rapture, it's going to be like a woman in childbirth because after the rapture comes the Antichrist. And since we know these things, verse 3 through 5, or 4 and 5, uh, read 4 and 5 with me. 
But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So genuine, mature Bible believers who understand God's word are watching. If you're not watching right now, if you honestly can't say, I'm watching, I'm looking for Jesus, I know he could come at any moment, I'm, I'm just wanting him to come, I, I desire, then you're not a serious, genuine, mature Bible believer. Amen. And that's not to put you down, that's to call you to repentance. And to call you to get right with God so that you spend your life for him. Always looking for Him to return at any moment. Always looking for an opportunity to share the gospel with those who are not ready. Making sure that your loved ones at least have the opportunity to hear. If they shut you down, that's on them. But you should at least be trying to talk to them. Trying to give them the gospel tracts and so forth. So in closing, this is Peter's message. He wrote to his second epistle to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So let's read that in closing. 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 9 through 18. And you read the, even with me, I'll begin verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then, that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness." Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood." which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. All right, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this study, and we thank you for the encouragement that we receive from your word, as well as some chastisement and uh, instruction. And Lord, we want to live our lives in a way that pleases you, and we know it pleases you for your children to always be watching for you to return 
like the little child is always watching for daddy to show up at the front door. And uh, may we have that childlike faith and childlike love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. When the battle's over, we shall wear a crown. Yes, we shall wear a crown. Yes, we shall wear a crown. When the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in the new Jerusalem. Wear a crown. Wear a crown. Wear a bright and shining crown. And when the battle's over, we shall wear a crown in the Amen. Amen.